the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Are you looking for truth from God's Word that you can understand and apply to your life? You'll find it today on Make It Clear with Dr. Stan Pons, Bible teacher and president of Florida Bible College in beautiful Orlando. Listen now as Stan makes it clear. I don't know about you, but if you've been following the marriage of of William and Kate, good, I'm glad you haven't. But you know all the pomp and circumstance that goes with that, and I can only imagine what God has waiting for us, what joy that there really is. Notice the last part of the verse. It says here that uh, we have the privilege of being born again. Now, frankly, that's a, a phrase that at one time in our history recently, born again was a bad word. Oh, you're one of those born againers. And so sometimes we change and we say, oh, you're one of those reborners. You've been reborn, a rebirther. And I'm going to say a lot about birthers here. So let's go on. The point simply being is that's a joyful thing to know that I have been born again. Now, listen carefully. I did nothing to get born into my mom and dad's family. You all know they did the work. There I am. Now, if they are my parents, I have my dad as my dad, and I'm in his family by his work, then I will always be his child. He might kick me out of the house, but he will never kick me out of his family. I could have a mental breakdown in some way because of some issue with my dad and say, you know what, my dad, you're not my dad. If you're really my dad, you do this. You're not my dad. I've just been adopted. I'm not your real kid. Now, I'm going to tell you, my dad, knowing my dad, he'd look at me and he says, you don't think I'm your real dad? You don't think I'm your birth dad, huh? Well, then I'm going to have to do something to show you that I'm your birth dad. And dad would do it. But I would never stop being out of the bloodline of my dad because I was born in his family. He is my dad. I can stop believing in him. I can live a different life. I could lose my privileges. I could lose my, my rewards. I can lose all the things that I should have for my dad. But I will never lose the fact that he is my dad. I am his child. I will forever be a Pons, even if I change my name. Now, with that, that's why John chapter 3 clearly says the same thing. Once we're born again, I don't get born again, a fleshly born again. I'm born again into God's family. And once I'm a part of his family, I have been regenerated. I've been made so completely new. I am his child. I'll always be his child. I may be a disobedient child. And he may have to spank me now and then. I might lose some of the rewards that he might have for me by my choice of lifestyle, but I will never get kicked out of his family. Albeit, there could be a time that I could be so bad as his child on planet Earth that he finally says, not only am I not going to kick you out of my family, I'm going to take you off this earth and bring you all the way back up to heaven now before you should be there. I'm a part of God's chosen forever family. While I cannot remove the pain of the things you're going through that has brought you to a state of emotional discouragement, I can lift you up by saying it doesn't matter. You are a king's kid. You are a child of the king. He is your father. And as long as you have him as your father, you have a future home to go to that's much better than this earth that'll never get you discouraged because nothing up there is going to happen that's going to hurt you. That's the blessing we have. 
Well, that's number one out of this. Now, if that's all you have, that's enough to get you encouraged. But he goes on a little bit further in this passage. Look at number two. God is working in my life. Well, some of you say, I already know all of that, but I still get discouraged. Well, maybe you need to go back and say, you know what? That's all I need to know is that I'm chosen in his forever family and I celebrate that. It doesn't really matter. But number two might help you to know that God is working in your life. Look at verse two. It says here, God the Father chose you long ago and the Spirit has made you holy. As a result, you have obeyed Christ and are cleansed by his blood. May you have more and more of God's special favor and wonderful peace. Now, if you don't mind, I just want you to look at the verse that's there. I, I want you to follow it with your pen because I want to show you some, some grammar in here so you can understand the understanding that what obedience is as far as being saved. It says, God chose you long ago. He made you perfect by a spirit, holy. Then he says, as a result, you have obeyed Jesus Christ. So in other words, as a result of Christ picking you by the Father, you then came to a point where you have obeyed Jesus Christ. Take your pen for a moment and underline the word obeyed. It does not say you are obeying Christ. It says you obeyed him. It's a one-time issue. And as you obeyed Jesus Christ, it resulted in you being cleansed by his blood. Then it goes on to say, and you have more and more of God's special favor. But it's as a result of obeying Christ. Now, if you will look up here for just a second. It's interesting because it said you obeyed Christ. That now will tell you that you don't have to keep on obeying Christ in order for the blood to continue cleansing you of sin so you can still stay saved. So it's not based upon us continually obeying Christ. It's a one-time act of obedience. Now, yes, we do need to obey Him every day, but not that everyday obedience is what cleanses you with His blood for eternal life. It's a one-time act of obedience. So now the question is, what do I do? What, what, what command did Jesus give me that I have to obey in order for me to have His blood cleanse me so I then can have more and more future with Him? The one command that he would give you is simply this. Jesus speaking, John 6, simply says, Truly, truly, I say unto you, he that believes on me has everlasting life. So he gave you a truth, and you have the truth whether or not you're going to engage that truth. And so to obey that truth would be, okay, I will believe on the Lord. Paul says it very similarly, but the same truth says, Whosoever will call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. How many times do you have to call upon the name of the Lord to be saved? Once. So there is the command, call upon the name of the Lord. How many times do you have to obey it? One time. The moment you obey the Lord by saying, yes, Lord, you are the Lord. You did die. You rose again from the dead. It's not my works. It's only you. Lord, I am trusting in you. That's why Romans calls it the obedience of faith. It's the faith that you have in the Lord and you're now obeying that by placing your faith alone in Jesus Christ. Now, what happens then is the continual work of the Lord in your life. So some of you that think, I did that so many years ago, I trusted Christ, but I feel like God's not here. It's not based on our feeling. God is working in our life. Sometimes it's deep, long. Sometimes, there was many times the Lord was wanting to do more in your life, but because of your choice, you have grieved or quenched Him, so you've hindered that active work of His in your life, but He's still there, never giving up on you, allowing other things to happen in your life to finally bring you to a point as a Christian to brokenness, to a full surrender to Him. And so, yes, He's still working in your life and He's not going to give up on you. So whatever you're going through now, this is setting you up for some of the trials that you're going through to tell you that those trials are still a part of Him working in your life. Remember the passage, remember the song. 
That's, that's all part of God continually working in us. And what a joy that is. Look, if you will, here again at verse 2. It says, the Spirit has made you holy. This really means God does two things. First, He cleanses us on the inside, and then He begins to change you. My wife and I don't watch a lot of TV, but when we do end up watching TV, probably if there was a, a channel we watch the most, you're probably going to think it's ESPN, you know. I hardly ever watch it unless it's some big ball game or some big race or something like that. But you know what? Carol has me watching HGTV. Have any of you ever watched HGTV? Raise your hand. Okay. I, don't, I hope I'm not addicted to it. But I will tell you, sometimes it's hard as they start in this broken down house and they start to do something with it, whether it's design, design on a dime or something or what you do, a curb appeal or something. And I'm watching this piece of junk turn into something that's so nice. And all I kept thinking is, why don't those guys come to my house and do this, you know? You know, how do they have the money to do this? You need your mind. But I'm watching this stuff. Now, I'm only saying that for a reason. I'm hooked because I want to see at the end of the program, before, after, before, after. Well, I want you to know that even the after of those houses are still going to crumble. But you and I, God has begun the good work in us when we were chosen by Him and we placed our faith in Jesus Christ. And now it's begun and He's going to continue to work. If I had the time and you had the microphone, many of you could say, I remember I was like that back then, but I'm different now. I'm not so sure all the reasons of how I got from then to today, but I know God has done a wonderful work in my heart. And that's when you were made positionally holy and when you had progressively holiness, when God began to grow you. And that's the joy that we have. So I hope that some of you, right now, whatever you're going through, that you would see that it is not so much a problem, but it's an opportunity for God to continue to make you more like Him and even make you more usable. Look what else it says here. May you have more and more of God's special favor. Would you circle that? More of God's special favor. It is very hard for me to sense that there's going to be more of special favor. So maybe it's more of His special favor that's there displayed more and more in our life as we begin to yield to Him. And that would be grace. And the second would be the wonderful peace. More and more of that wonderful peace. Now some of you and me, when we go through the struggles and trials and problems of life, it's very hard to understand that God is showing us grace. At the same time, it's very difficult to have peace in our life. It would not surprise me that some of you have been overwhelmed by some problems right now that you don't have a lot of peace. How many of you did not sleep well over the last day or two because of worry and a lack of peace? How many of you are really not wanting to go to work tomorrow because you know what you left on Friday? How many of you don't want to go back to school because so much has happened at school and you're not ready for it? You have this lack of peace. Well, I promise you that you are chosen by God. You're part of His forever family. God is working in you. And I'm telling you that whatever problem you face, it is still good for you because God's got a greater work He wants to do in you and for you. So what you need to do, listen, 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 is rest in Him. Rest in Him. He's the bed. Don't fight it. Rest in Him. Don't jump up and down on it. Rest in Him. Don't run around on it. Rest in Him. That's the peace of God that He wants to give you. More and more and more and more. How do I know He's working in my life? Look, if you will, for a moment at Hebrews 13, verses 5 and 6. I'm going to give you two mood lifters just in this one verse alone. It says, For God has said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. 
Would you put mood lifter number one next to that verse? You have to own it though. God says, you've got struggles. I'll give you peace. There's going to be more grace. But I promise, whatever you're going through, I will never leave you. I will never fail you. I will never forsake you. So, you're chosen to be in his family. He's working in your life now. So he didn't just save you to give you fire insurance, put you in his family, then leave you to kind of eke out a living on planet Earth until you croak. He's done all of this because he says, I will never leave you nor forsake you because you're my child. I'm your dad. And as a dad, I'm the best dad you'll ever have, spiritually speaking. And he says, I will take care of you. I'll never, mood lift number one. But in the same verse, look at mood lift number two. That is why we can say with confidence, underline that phrase, with confidence, the Lord is my helper, so I will not be afraid. Mood lifter number two is that the Lord will help you. I don't know what struggles you're going through right now, but I know God will help you. He may bring people to you. He may bring principles to you. He may give you power or strength to go through this, but I promise you God is your helper. So no matter what comes into your life, as you're going through this struggle, and someone comes along to help you, you may certainly say thank you to them, but make sure that all the praise and the glory goes to the Lord because it is still the Lord who has come alongside to help you. Now some of you might feel, but he's not helping me right now. I'm going through, the, I, I don't know if I can go any further. I want you to know, he is your helper, and if he sovereignly, with all of his wisdom, believed you needed help right then, he would give it to you. But if not, then right now he's allowing you to go through this momentary free fall so that even more you'd cry upon the Lord. You might do more purging of some areas of your life. So you'd cry unto God a little bit more. I don't know. But I promise you, He will never leave you. Nor He will ever forsake you. He will help you. Let's go a little bit further to verse 7 here. Here's what you read. These problems or trials are only to test your faith. Did you catch that? The trials you're going through... Don't look at it from the secular worldview as uh, you got a bum deal in life. No, God says, I'm doing this to test your faith. God knows what your faith is, but he's testing, strengthening, revealing to you how little or how much faith you have to show you that it is strong and pure. Faith is right. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold. And your faith is far more precious to God than mere gold. So if your faith remains strong... After being tried by fiery trials, it will bring you, I love this, much, three things, praise, glory, honor. Not today, not next week, not in your bank account, not when you retire, but on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. Now my friends, when it says the trial of my faith is more precious than gold, who could not go back to the internet and find out how much is gold worth today? Those of you that are tracking gold, are you aware that gold hit an all-time high in gold? Do you know how much it was on Friday? Some of you that do this know. Let me give you the statistics. $1,569.30 for an ounce of gold. If I was to pay you in gold for the trials that you go through, would you want to take more trials to get more gold? I would. Listen to this. If I took one pound of gold, it would be $25,108.80. I could buy me a new car. We could get out of some debt. Look what we could do for our missionaries. Look what we could do for our roof that we need on this building. For just one pound of gold. I want you to know though, our trial are much more precious than gold. May I suggest something to you that it's going to take a mature person to own? Here it is. Our prayer might rather be, 
Lord, do not take away this trial from me because it's more precious than gold until I have learned every lesson through this trial to give me stronger faith to face the next trial because the next trial will be greater and even my gold won't be that much. So don't try to get away from the trial faster than God wants you to because you could be cheating yourself out of something that's far more precious than gold during this time of trial. God is working in your life and that's a real blessing to all of us and I hope that that might help you. So are you feeling some heat right now? Are you under some pressure? Praise the Lord. It's more precious than gold. Let me finish with number three. God has secured my future. I don't know about my future here. I cannot do my securities or my finances or what happens in the, in the earthly future. But I know that he has secured my future. If you will, follow verses four through six as I read these to you now. It says, God has reserved a priceless inheritance. If you want to, in your margin, you could write the word eternal life. God has reserved eternal life, a priceless inheritance for his children. That goes back, you were chosen, you placed your faith alone in Jesus Christ. He's working in your life and you have a secure future. He's speaking to you. He says, God has reserved a priceless inheritance for you. It is kept in heaven for you. Circle the word kept. It is kept in heaven for you. Pure and undefiled. Circle the words pure and undefiled. For God has reserved. It's waiting for you. It's kept for you. It's pure. It's undefiled. Beyond the reach of any decay or change. Change could include loss. And God in His mighty power will protect you until you receive this salvation. Let me tell you, this is screaming the eternal security of the believer. Four times in one verse. Reserved, kept, no change, no decay, waiting for you by God. This is so powerful. Then it says, so be truly glad. There is wonderful joy ahead. Now circle the word ahead. I cannot promise you all joy now through some of the events that you're going through, but the ultimate, perfect, authentic fullness of joy is waiting for us later. And then it says, even though it is necessary for you to endure many trials for a while. Circle the word necessary. Necessary. This sure is not your health and wealth gospel, is it? It's necessary for you to endure. Don't give up. Don't run away from Part of the Christian life is long-suffering. Then it says many trials. Underline the word many. It's not one trial and then you're out of it. Okay, we're finally free of trials. Many trials. And it says for a while. It's not forever. It's just for a while. Now I've left you with a number of verses to let you know one more time of the eternal security of the believer. On my computer, when I make a mistake, I can go up and click on where it says undo your typing meaning. Undo. Well, I want you to know that once you're chosen by God, you've trusted Christ as Savior, you're kept by the Lord, the Lord doesn't look at His heavenly computer and say, you know what, I made a mistake, undo Stan Pons for my list. I'm so glad that on God's computer keyboard, there is no delete button. Because it's all wrapped up in Him. I don't keep myself saved, He keeps me saved. Grace saves me, grace keeps me saved, grace teaches me. Such matchless, amazing grace. And he's going to end the entire book that we would grow in that grace and the knowledge of the Lord. Ephesians 2, 8, and 9, we're not saved by works. John 10, 28, and 29, 
gives us eternal life. We'll never perish. Nothing can take us out of the hand of the Lord. I think that's neat. We're kept by the power of God, so nothing can take me out of His hands. Nothing can separate me from the love of God, my choice or something else. And it's by His power that I'm saved forever. My dear friends, I don't know what you're going through right now. And yes, it's probably good. If you've got issues, you need to try to solve them. It doesn't mean walk away from your problems. Let go, let God. You've got to start working through. I got myself in this mess. What's the biblical way to begin to redirect? Might take some time. But I don't want you to be discouraged. Look at it as a challenge where the Lord says, now you want to live right? I will help you go through these things. But the trial of what you're going through is more precious than gold. Why? Because you're chosen to be in my forever family. I will continue to work in your life. I will never leave you nor forsake you. You can boldly say, I am your helper. And number three, you have a home secure for you in heaven. I can't secure relationships here. I can't secure your money here. I can't secure your health here forever but I can secure a place in heaven. I'm keeping it for you and you have eternal life with me forever. Own those truths and upon those truths we're going to build the rest of this wonderful study of how to live a life during discouraging times that will be thriving. Let's pray, shall we? With every head bowed and every eye closed. For some of you, you're going to say, you'll never know, Pastor, how much I needed this message. You spoke right to me today. You, you just cannot know that. And here's what I'd like to say to you. Do not thank me. You thank God because God said, I love you and I gave you a love kiss because I spoke to you today through that word. And that's just to tell you now how much I'm going to be in your life if you just keep your eyes on me. I will teach you. I will help you. That's what he's saying to you. So now celebrate the goodness of God. If God spoke to you today, you give him the praise, the glory, and the honor, but also the yieldedness to that truth. For some of you, you might have come to the point to finally say, you mean I could be forever in God's family and I don't have to work for it or earn it or change my lifestyle to get it? That's right. The Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes, it doesn't say behaves, believes in him. Titus 3.5 says, not by works of righteousness. Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. Nothing we do ourselves, not by works. But it is by faith. And God, right now, has brought you the message of salvation in the person of Jesus Christ. So in your own heart, can you humble yourself and say, I am a sinner. I, I need the full forgiveness of sin. And right now I'm coming to the Lord as the one who died and rose again without any good works, receiving Him who He says He is, thanking Him for the forgiveness of my sin, and now I'm in His forever family. God wanted you to hear this message today. You then could be a part of His chosen. It's a one-time act of obedience, and then more and more you're going to grow in that knowledge. Is there anyone in here that would like for me to pray for you because today is the day you're going to trust Christ? And you'd like for me to remember you in my closing prayer. You want to be a part of God's forever family. Lord, I'm a sinner. I receive you as my Savior. I thank you for giving to me eternal life by faith alone and not by works. With heads bowed and eyes closed, I'm going to ask you to slip up your hand if today's the day you're calling upon the Lord. In your own heart. When you put up that hand, I'll just simply say thank you. I see that hand. It's done and over with. But I'll pray for you. Now me praying for you won't get you into heaven. Raise your hand, doesn't get you there. 
It's you trusting in Christ alone. And now afterwards you're letting us know this. Is there anyone here today that would, by that uplifted hand, silently, you're not saying anything, but silently, with that hand going up, indicate to me that you're trusting Christ, never done it before, today is your day. You're responding in obedience to the Lord by placing your faith in Jesus Christ. Would you put your hand up right now? Is there anyone at all? Okay, Christians, I think you know enough truth to make your own decision of where you are right now with the Lord. For some of you, it might be a, a bit of confession that uh, you've got your eyes off the Lord and you wallowed around in your pity party because you have forgotten the importance of being a king's kid. You forgot that some of the things that God has permitted into your life, I'm not saying you deserve it or not. I, I can't judge anybody, and I won't. But I can tell you that God is working in your life. He is your helper. He will not forsake you. And the mood lifter is that you have a future in heaven that's secure. Why can't that be enough? Why do you have to have a new car, a new house, a mate, kids, a better job? Why do we have to have more than just that? And yet he does give us a lot of other stuff. Why don't we just rest on this truth and say, thank you, God, because this is the root of everything. Thank you. How many would like to have prayer? Because right now you're sensing that you're going back to that place of knowing that you've been chosen to be in his forever family, that he is working in your life, and that you have a future secured by him. And you're celebrating that and saying, Lord, thank you. If that's all I have, that's all I need, because it's all of you. Pastor, would you pray for me? Because I'm right now with the Lord. I, I want to invite you to be with me, and I'm talking to him. Would you slip up your hand? Amen. You're listening to Make It Clear with the teaching of Dr. Stan Pons, founder of Make It Clear Ministries and president of Florida Bible College in beautiful Orlando, Florida. Make It Clear is dedicated to taking the Word of God with clarity into every person's world. It is the support of listeners like you who make the ministry of Make It Clear possible. You can provide your tax-deductible gift to Make It Clear online by going to makeitclear.org. Or you can mail your gift to Make It Clear, P.O. Box 607-901, Orlando, Florida, 32860. Thank you for helping us make it clear. If you would like to have Dr. Pond speak at your church or event, please send us an email at tellmemore at makeitclear.org. Thank you, and remember to make it clear. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.